Welcome to the Distro One Podcast, Episode 11. Don't touch me, Bob. RandomDistribution.com's flagship podcast covering geek culture, t-shirt reviews, artists from around the world, and more. I am your co-host, Seth, the Franz, Franzoli, and no... He is not a bastard child from the riverlands of Westeros, but he is named Rivers. With me, as always, I'm Justin. And coming up in this next half hour, we've got, we'll be talking about the big, big topic of discussion right now. Justin, what do we, uh, what do we got on deck here today? Today, we are talking robots. Robots, those mechanical marvels that have graced the real world and also pop culture for decades upon decades. And also, we've got... A t-shirt of the month coming to you from the Capcom franchise, Mega Man, and also the artist of the month. Shout out to California-based artist. I call him the Norman Rockwell of Toy Robots. That, of course, is Mr. Eric Joyner. So, Justin, we got robots today. So I thought we should uh, kind of break into, like, where the hell did robots come from? Yeah. Yeah, we all love them. Anybody, anyone who's into pop culture, nerds of science fiction, big science fiction fans have seen robots all over the place. But yeah, what? Well, is... like myself, you have a love-hate relationship with robots. Right. Right. You fear my metal overlords. Yes. But uh, you understand that they, you know, they are a part of uh, our our history. part of our history, actually. Yes, indeed. And uh, you know, they are part of our future. I mean, if you look at the way technology is growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, I I would imagine it's not too far off that we're gonna have uh, sentient machines. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna ro- Rosie, Rosie the maid from the Jetsons might not be too far off in our future. But, but some of these date back as far as like Greek mythology and Roman, uh, you know, the Roman pantheons. Um, the the Greek god, and I'm gonna just totally butcher this name, Hephaestus. Um, also known as... I think it's uh, Hephaestus. Hephaestus, there you go, <laughs> see? Um, also, uh, Vulcan in the Roman pantheon uh, had mechanical servants um, in you know in his history. So, like, that's how far back some of this, this uh, thought of mechanical or automated um, beings came about. Yeah, and I think it even going... Going from mythology, also going into the the, the Renaissance, uh, the Italian Renaissance. I mean, the great you know Leonardo da Vinci wasn't there. They found blueprints of like a, a mechanical knight that would essentially be like a knight robot. I guess you would. Yeah, and uh, he could stand at attention. He could sit. Um, he could uh, lift a visor of his helmet. Um, and the, how they could prove this was uh, they actually took his plans. Um, and rebuilt this thing. Um, there's a couple of uh, different places that have actually done this. Built it to his specifications and actually were able to use it. Now, it did run on pulleys and levers and things like that. And I mean, and someone actually had to manipulate this this robot. But it was fully articulated and, and could do those activities, which I find, I mean, was it 1490s or something, something like, like that? Something like that, yeah. That's, isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's... <laughs> if you think yeah. back that far, like that... Leonardo da Vinci, uh, you know, never ceases to amaze. If you start looking into the history and some of the, you know, the sketches and de- you know designs that he conceptualized, right? Uh, you're gonna, you know, you'll just be amazed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he more than more than certainly just a painter. 
That's for sure. I mean, just uh, of course, if it was any, if it was anyone in history, of course, Leonardo da Vinci would be the one to uh, actually make a uh, fully functioning robot. Which I mean, more it was more. It seemed like more like a marionette style thing. But yeah. I mean, technically, it was like a mechanical right. Um, and knife. robots. Um, the the word robot itself is much more of a a more recent um, term in history. Right. Um, before they were like automa, uh, automatons, things right. like that. Right. Um, you know, for automated. Um, objects but the word robot itself is actually relatively recent in comparison to to the overall history of Atama. yeah i guess you were saying in 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 our research for this episode i know you were going to you were scouring uh the internet and other places and you were saying how uh the entomology of the word that's coming from uh czech origin around like an eastern european origin yeah, and it's uh, robata, okay. which uh, actually means forced labor in Czech. Um, the term was coined uh, for a play called R-U-R, Rosam's Universal Robots, um, and it was Carlin Kapek, C-A-P-E-K, K-A-R-L-E-N was the first name. And uh, he wrote a play and coined the term robots, and oh. it's it's stuck. It's been used basically ever since. Wow. All the way up, you know, Isaac Asimov and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that sci-fi crew that, that have kind of adopted and, and, you know, and moved forward with utilizing that term and persisting it in our culture. Yeah. yeah, And we're, you know, we were talking, continuing on with, you know, the history of the robot. Uh, you were saying how even going back to, you know, the great, now, now defunct for decades, but something that I wish could come back at some point the world's fair you were saying something back yeah back in 1939 um the 1939 uh the world's fair uh they had a robot named electro nice spelled with a k kind of like electra yeah uh, yeah <laughs> uh, it was a seven foot robot it was like 265 or some odd pounds that could do a few things like it could uh it could follow voice commands to move so it could walk uh being commanded by voice uh it could speak up to 700 words that were stored on like a uh, uh, a record. Yeah, the record that was inside, yeah. and uh, it could like sit and do a couple of other activities, and it could even smoke cigarettes, nice. which I thought was kind of funny. Nice, but like this is 1939. Yeah, a fully um, self-controlled unit that could move, like a humanoid unit that could move, which is, I mean, in 1939, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And could you imagine the terrifying factor in 1939 of something like that yeah like, like it really throws me back to i'm gonna doctor who and like the uh you know the cybermen Man, yeah and just like how terrifying they were could you imagine like someone for the first time seeing a real live cyberman yeah and like a seven foot tall just giant machine that is just like walking around and talking so yeah man yeah, that uh, it just astounds me. I could just imagine being a kid and seeing this gigantic metal robot. You know, yeah. And, you, and you, who knows what it was programmed to say? Like, I've come to destroy your people. Yeah, you know, yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, it's like 1939. I was like World War Two. Like, I thought like everybody was just you know afraid of the Nazis. Now they about this giant seven foot tall robots to, to deal with I mean, something new to add to your nightmares. Yeah, seriously. Like what is going on? But yeah, yeah. Like we said, like robots are going all the way back 
uh, the ancient times and even into the the night the World War Two era, they've been doing stuff. But now, well, and uh, and for me, well, I'm a I'm a big fan of animation, and robots are very prevalent in in anime. Right. Um, right. And anime kind of has given us the ability to classify the robot types because yeah. they're so prevalent. Right. So you get a different you get different types of robots. Yeah. So now now we're going we're going into uh, kind of like the archetypes. Like have you as you've watched you know you watched anime you've watched you know Star Wars movies other science fiction films there always seem to be like certain categories you can kind of put in to robots and so we're trying to uh, review some of the archetypes of robots throughout pop culture and the one the first one that we that we came up with is the helper robot now not not just necessarily the robot called helper from the venture brothers uh series that is more like a servant type and of course that goes into one of the biggest ones i would think would be r2d2 yes you know because i mean like if you watch the the six movies and i know disney is going to be making more of them uh as they go on but if it wasn't for that damn looking Tin can on wheels. The, every every Star Wars character would have been dead a yeah, thousand I mean, times over. Like like the heroes of the tale would have been just like destroyed. Yeah, he's almost like a companion bot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he'd unlock and door. He's the Swiss Army knife of outer space. Like I mean, if you just have you have R two, you're fine. Because he unlock doors, activate this, deactivate that. Yeah, and the helper bot has like a subclass of like utilibot. Yeah, like they, you know, they have all of those utilitarian, yeah, you know, u- utility functions. Yeah, like like, like C three PO. I mean, like the translator, you know, and all like all like what's that? Six million languages, as he boasts throughout the movies. And uh, oh man, like what uh, we've got? We've got killer robots. Killer, I mean, look yeah. at Terminator. Yeah, although some some people may say, well, it's kind of a cybernetic Cyborg. cybernetic organism, but still, I mean, once you burn all the flesh away, he's a robot. He didn't need the flesh to persist. Right. Right. So it's not a fully cybernetic organism, in my opinion. Right. My opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's true. But I know that uh, going even, of course, you have to go back to Star Wars. IG-88, the assassin droids. They had uh, a whole a whole thing of uh, killer robots there. You know, IG-88 being the one in the, in the big scene of Empire Strikes Back where Darth Vader was assembling all the bounty hunters. He's kind of in the background. I know in some like widescreen editions you can see him standing behind Boba Fett in the mm-hmm. scene, but I think the one big uh, another big one I think that we both in we both are fans of coming from Doctor Who is the of course like you said the Cybermen, absolutely. Which I mean debatable you know cybernetic organism like the the human brain inside the. Metal I would band, consider but, them more of a cybernetic organism than um, the Terminator, Terminator yeah. because they needed a human brain to right to subsist right. So yeah, uh, you had the, the big, uh, the uh, the Cybermen being. Well, the... then you have like you have like piloted robots. Um, right. They're less. They're like more mechs than right. robots. Okay. Um, you can classify those. Get are a classification of robot like Robotech for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, Gundams. That Gundam. Uh, from, yeah. From that you series. A... Um, I guess Voltron would be considered a piloted robot. Yeah, from classic anime. Yeah, like, with, with the uh, with Voltron. the lion with the lion animal robots being piloted by the crew and then assembling to form Voltron with a big sword and fighting you know outer space. 
So and I know you were you have you know, on those the uh, Gurren Gurren Logan. Yeah. yeah, where is that from? It's like, a, it's an anime series, and it is like the it's like the hyperbole of like robot anime genre. So everything is blown completely out of proportion from okay. like like even from like the characters' dress and their proportions and like the things that the robots can do and like it it's it is a it is a pure like hyperbole sort of approach to anime and it's it's really fun and ridiculous i mean right. totally ridiculous nice um it's kind of like voltron only a hundred times more ridiculous wow man that's um so yeah gurren logan it's it's if you get a chance to check it out it's pretty funny cool cool and of course we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, of course, one of the classics from our childhood, any 30, like late 20, early 30 something uh, guy or I guess a man or woman that has uh, grown up, that'd be Transformers. Transformers. And even even the the, the GoBots. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the white trash cousins of the oh, Transformers. The, Transformers, yeah. the GoBots. But I've wa- I watch that show every morning, though, Hell too. Yeah. I, I, I mean, love, like, I Leader the One, GoBots. the Jet. You know, they had a. Uh, that one, that one chick, the one bad guy chick who had like the 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 foot pound that had like the shockwave thing. Like, yeah, but uh, yeah, but Transformers are fantastic. And I mean, who didn't love the Transformers? And and who didn't love playing with those damn toys when you were a kid? Like, yeah, I could not get enough of the Transformers no. when I was a kid. No, and especially whenever they started to do those. Those multi multi form transformers were oh it's a robot oh wait it's a tank oh wait it's a helicopter like ugh yeah because then like yeah you could like really come up with some fun scenarios and I yeah. I mean as a you know as a kid I I I played pretty pretty hard with my uh, with my transformers yeah I set up some pretty intense battles yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole living room, sometimes two rooms would be different bases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta and have like, well, you have that the Decepticon base and the Autobot base. So, and then we, yeah, I would I'd battle it out, man. Sometimes for days. Yeah, <laughs> it would be yeah. an ongoing Transformer battle that yeah. lasted for days. Yeah, that's I I had a I only had a few. I didn't have too many, but I know I've got like some of the smaller some of the smaller ones. Where just like you know, like the legs flip out, like Wheelie from the Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. I had one. I had that guy, and for I always wanted a Soundwave. He was my favorite because you're talking about you know going even going back to uh, the the role playing episode that we did. I mean, like it's like Soundwave is such a lawful. It was like I got lawful evil character because he was so he was like the man mm-hmm. Megatron. Like he was the most loyal guy. To Megatron, like he never, you know, never questioned. No, no, he was like, and of course, he was, and of course, it was one of his cassettes, Laserbeak. That was one of the most successful Transformers ever. Like he never failed a mission. Like all he needed to do is spy on people. Like, yeah. <laughs> so what was that? Starscream and Starscream. What was the other? Well, the the two jets. They, uh, uh yeah, th- uh, Skywarp and Thundercracker. Like they were his two goons that yeah. always hung out in his entourage. Yeah, it was like Skywarp <laughs> and Thundercracker. But uh, yeah. But the weirdest thing though too, if you if we're talking, we're on the subject of Transformers. Like Megatron and Starscream hated each other. But oh, if yeah. you but if you're watching the TV show, whenever Megatron transformed into the gun, who always shot him? Starscream. Yeah, absolutely. Like what? Like what's up with that? You would think that he if he hated the guy so much, to give it give it to another dude. He'd like saran that, wrap that yeah. gun and throw it in the ocean yeah, somewhere. Yeah, seriously. Like he, he you know, he just like he, Starscream should just 
punt kick that thing into into oblivion, try to take over, which he, he tried to do in the movie and some other things, but it never works out because yeah. Starscream's Starscream, you know. But he uh, did have the coolest looking jet, but yeah, yeah, he was yeah he was the jet, you know he was a. Uh, you know, it was kind of it was kind of interesting seeing him in the live action, like the Michael Bay stuff. We also talked about Michael Bay in a previous thing, but I mean, to his credit, he got Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, yeah, to be Optimus Prime. But yeah, but my thing, my thing is that we're, we're talking about uh, robots. My question is just like, what do the robots wear? What do the robots wear? Yeah, some badass threads, my friend. Yeah, some T-shirts, and uh, which will bring us to. Our T-shirt of the month. T-shirt of the month. This is coming for. I know this is one of your your choices here. Going uh, researching everything. Uh, what did you? Uh, what do we have on deck for the T-shirt of the month? So I'm a big Mega Man fan. Yeah, right. I, uh, I, I love them love too. the games. Uh, the, the whole the whole the whole genre of Mega Man. Brilliant. Right. Uh, the games are so well designed, especially the X and the X2 game. Yeah. Like I I hours of my college life were spent yeah, I, I, playing and those I was games. Sit, sitting on the couch watching it, like Mega Man X. Uh, so today's T-shirt, in uh, you know, in celebration of Mega Man, Doctor Light's research lab, and underneath the Doctor Light's research lab, it says, "Built to rock and roll." And and any any Mega Man fan would realize that in Japan, Mega Man is known as Rock Man, and his kind of sister counterpart is named Roll, hence Rock and Roll. You know, I'm sure we, we all know that, and that's why even. Uh, with them keeping up with the musical theme, even you know, a side note that Proto Man was originally known as blues because they, you know the Japanese believe the the musical style of blues is kind of the prototype or predecessor of rock and roll, so that's why he's known as blues. So yeah, built a rock and roll. It's all it's all kind of like a text. It's kind of kind of text. There's no real images on the shirt, but. We've just been such big Mega Man fans that we and couldn't pass right it up. Behind, right behind the doctor part, which is kind of the largest part, you can see that you can see the Buster. Yeah. Right behind it, like the barrel. Yeah. Uh, so it, it does have some graphic to it, but it's primarily text. Yeah. Um, we found this on Think Geek. Um, we've got the. We'll have the link in the show. Yeah, we'll think of the show. Maybe a pick of the tea. Check it out. This yeah. is our T-shirt of the month. That's it. That's, yeah, the Doctor Lights Research Lab coming, keeping up with the robot theme of the show. Uh, Doctor Light, no stranger to making robots on his own. So T-shirt of the month, Mega Man inspired. Definitely check it out. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. But but now coming in. Also, we also like to shout out a cool artist, and uh, we do, this is, you know, the podcast is essentially geek culture, t-shirts, and an artist of the month, and this and this episode, we chose a, like I've said earlier in the episode here, that it's kind of like the Norman Rockwell of toy robots, and we're talking about, I believe, from the San Francisco area, uh, a man by the name, and you may be familiar with his work, uh, Eric Joyner. And if, if you get a chance to go to his website, uh, www.ericjoiner.com, and it's E-R-I-C and Joiner, J-O-Y-N-E-R, um, you'll you'll know exactly what Franz is talking about immediately. Um, you, you you take a look, and he has these 
distinctive robot scenes where like robots are oftentimes placed in very human situations. Right. Uh, you know, like maybe working the uh, the pastry counter at a at, you know at a bakery. Yeah, because or he... like sitting in the woods watching as you know water flow down a stream. Or I think there was one that even looks like a police lineup. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the the painting style is a I'm gonna muff this up, but it's a it's like a demure style where like it's not super overly crisp. It's very. Um, it has a very good shading and toning right. and right. Uh, it, it just blends together so smoothly. He does a, I mean, I am, I'm not artistic at all. So to me, it's like overwhelming how good this stuff yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a really, uh, I know that I, ironically enough, like I found, uh, you may have, uh, some of the listeners out there, you may have seen his work that I've got some of, my screensavers on my computer I got from the Dark Horse Comics website. And I know he's done some work with them. And he's big into donuts as well. So if you've ever seen like his series of work uh, entitled Robots and Donuts, that's uh, <clears throat> where we... Uh, I, I first found, found out and discovered his work. And I like and, that the robots are a very like... They're like the square, blocky sort of like late 50s early 60s style robots yeah um you know i mean i i remember i mean this is really dating myself but as a kid i actually had a robot that had like wheels on the bottom that would like scroll it would would go around right. and it didn't have the spark shooter because that was way older than me it actually had a light that would blink on its head and its right. eyes would blink and it would its arms would move up and down and it would you know it was totally like right out of the late 70s i'm sure it was <laughs> Like something that like one of my uncles or something had that my parents thought I just needed. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But definitely, yeah, definitely check out, uh, check. He's got a slew of awards. He's worked for, you know, clients like Warner brothers and Mattel toys, uh, the publishing house, McGraw Hill, I think electronic arts. He's done some work for just wonderful. Like that's like talk about, you know, an artist that has his niche and, not varying from it because you don't really need to like it's such a great idea having these old old you know vintage style robots with uh, with the uh, breakfast food of the donuts just kind of combining them into like this hybrid kind of images and kind of like this everyday life with the uh with you know pictures of cityscapes and and uh like uh, like Edward Hopper's Nighthawks, like sitting in the diner, and uh, just some f- outdoor scenes. I know I have a, I have think I on my computer right now. I've got one that he just does this, a great Rock'em Sock'em Robots pick. Absolutely, that's pretty sweet. But yeah, we can't say speak highly enough. I've been really into his stuff for a long time, and that's Eric Joiner out of uh, San Francisco. Check it, check his stuff out, EricJoiner.com. Uh, and that's Eric with a C and Joiner J O Y N E R. That's our Distro One Artist of the Month. Eric, if you ever hear this, keep up the great work. You're a fantastic, fantastic artist. Yeah, and the rest of you out there, as as a fan of his work, do us a favor and and check him out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, I think we're about we're about to wrap the show. Yeah, it so we're sounds like a couple of. Uh, couple of plugs at you yeah um, yeah i think that so. uh, i guess latvia's bc surfers is playing us off the stage as it were so thank you for listening this was our robot show you can uh justin where can uh where can they find us 
Uh, randomdistribution.com. You can also find us iTunes and Stitcher and, you know, all the social media. Yeah, we, we have links on the main site at randomdistribution.com. Uh, other other places, if uh, I know, you know, iTunes, I know Stitcher are two very popular sites. People listen to podcasts and other music. But we also have things posted uh, at such places as Tindek dot com dot com uh, we uh, have uh, our shows posted at soundcloud.com spreaker.com you can also find us maybe on on sites like uh mixcloud and also we're trying to in in the process of uh getting some getting some tracks onto last last fm so look for us there and also if we like what you hear if you want to like love letters, hate mail, whatever you want. You can you email us at distro one at randomdistribution.com. Let us know what you think. You can also find us like, like Justin said, all the social media stuff, Twitter at distro one, uh, fa- uh, Facebook at distro one dot podcast. So there's a lot of, a lot of areas and don't feel, uh, don't hesitate to leave a message on our comment line. What's our, uh, comment line at four, one, two, Two zero four seventy one eighty. That's right. That's the uh, Distro One hotline. And uh, hopefully, if we can get that recorded, we may even play that on the show. So uh, look for that. And you can up. look for next time. Yes, the next show, which is our ten minute micro show edition. Justin, what do we got on deck for that? We've got baby metal. That's right, baby metal. <laughs> That's right. I know it's a the a, the YouTube the YouTube uh, videos have been go, have been circling the internet for a while. And this is based out of Japan. We're gonna we're gonna look, do a little bit more research. We're gonna look into this phenomenon because I know there's some music videos out there about like baby metal coming out of Japan. It's like a three girl group. It's basically a metal pop manja, and it is ridiculous. You're, yeah. you're gonna love it. So we'll yeah. talk about that on the next show. Yeah, we yeah, we'll look for that on the next micro show. That would be episode twelve coming to you in a few weeks and you know what that seems to be it this has been our robot edition uh like like we said give us a shout out follow us all over the internet uh for distro one i am seth franz franzoli justin rivers all right and we will see you next time guys Music